hello and welcome back to the podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be covering the road to recovery for our AP English creative component. Uh, We'll be going over a variety of subtopics today, mostly dealing with my injury, how I got it, what's the deal, what it was like recovering as far as like on a week-by-week basis. And we have a questionnaire with my mother at the end, just getting her view on how the family took it and how things were from a view that was from the outside in a way that it wasn't how I was feeling, but rather how other people were reacting to how I was feeling and how it made my family and my mom in particular feel during the whole situation. So without further ado... Let's get into it. I'm glad you guys are joining me for today. Grab your favorite beverage and snack, and we'll be right into the episode. All right. First, we're going to go over the incident itself and how that came to be. On March the 2nd, it was the second lacrosse practice of the year, being that practices for spring sports start March 1st in Delaware. And so I had previously gone to practice. It was fine. Everything was great. In reality, I was doing really well recently, advancing my game, having more awareness. And overall, in the past, I'd say month of that prior to that, I had just really kicked my kicked it up a notch as a player, and so it was kind of sad that this whole situation happened, but the way that it went was I came to practice a little bit late. I had an appointment prior, and I didn't know if I was going to go to practice because I had hurt my wrist doing shooting practice two days prior, but... It was nothing major, so I was just kind of worried about it, but I decided to go to practice anyways that day. And when I had gone, I showed up, mom dropped me off, got all my stuff ready. Everyone else had already done their laps, so I did my six laps around the football field. And after I got back, I went straight into uh, drills with the guys Uh, I didn't stretch or anything beforehand or after the laps, which was kind of on me, but also I was expected to get right into drills, so it was kind of unfortunate in that regard. But we go out, we're doing footwork, and just normal stuff, footwork, stick skills, but we get to the star drill. Now, the star drill is where you go around in a circle around the goal, pass back and forth, pass, cut, replace kind of thing. Now, the ball had fallen short uh, of a pass by my teammate, rolled on the ground. So I roll to pick up the ground ball and shoot. And as I plant my foot and I scoop, my leg twisted in a violent motion. I didn't really feel anything. All I heard was a snap. It was like the crackling of a... Oh, not crackling... On Thanksgiving, if you guys have ever split a uh, turkey in half with a big knife, the cracking of the bones, that's what it sounded like. And I looked down and my knee was lateral to my body, almost on the back of my leg. And I stood in disbelief. Immediately, I crippled down to one knee. And as that happened, it popped back into place. Um, When that happened, I immediately... 
could not walk. I could not extend my leg straight. My coach picked me up on the golf cart. We went and saw the athletic trainer and spent a long time in the ER. Long story short, we got to Dr. Kane. He told us, I have a severed MPFL and loss of patellar cartilage, meaning I would need major surgery. Went in for the surgery, super nervous leading up to it, but overall, I don't, I wouldn't say it was, I mean, it wasn't that scary of an experience. The nurses were really great, and uh, I got out, couldn't feel my leg, I was numbed from the pain, and that brings us into probably the first stage of recovery, which I will go week zero to week two. And it all started as we got home. So when I woke up from surgery, really groggy, but I had this nerve blocker that was in my leg. So I really couldn't, I, uh, I couldn't feel much. So leg was completely numb from the hip down. We left the surgical center and went and got Chipotle, ironically enough. So at this time, I still wasn't in any pain. I couldn't move my leg because I had tons of wrappings and the brace around it. But overall, pretty solid. Had an amazing Chipotle meal. Came back, took a nap at home. I want to say around 7 or 8 o'clock p.m. Now keep in mind, I had waken up from surgery at like 3 p.m. 7 or 8 p.m. I woke up and it was not good. Now the pain blocker was supposed to last 30 hours. In my case, it lasted five. So I started to feel my leg more and more. And when that happened, it went from my toes up and from my hip down, uh, slowly starting to feel sensation until I felt the area where they had did the surgery. Um, I don't really know how to describe the pain other than being absolutely horrendous. It was searing, sharp, burning, uh, radiating, stabbing. It was, it was everything, the worst type of pains you could imagine all at once. And I was not ready for it at all. Immediately, I started sweating. I was just laying in bed. I was sweating buckets. I was hyperventilating. I called my mom and dad in, and I started to panic. That first night, um, identical to the rest of the nights of the week, I was awake throughout the whole night. Um. According to my mom, I would only sleep when the pain would spike really badly and I would pass out. And every time I'd wake up, I thought I was asleep for hours. And the case was that I was only asleep for, I want to say, minutes, six, eight minutes here and there. Um, if I was lucky, I got half an hour, but... For the first seven days, it was nonstop horrendous, 
awful pain. Um, the effect that that had on me mentally, it was, it was almost like living in a psychosis where every time, every waking moment is just living hell to be frank and you wait for it to be over, but it never ends. And I remember I made up this, um, this fantasy, this falsity in my head that Dr. Kane and my mom had given me fake pain meds because they were afraid I was going to get addicted. And I kept telling her this. I kept telling her that they were fake because I'd take them and they didn't work. But in reality, that was just the level of pain that I was feeling. The Percocets and the Oxycodones, they did nothing for me. I mean, I'm sure they did something, but at surface level, at conscious level, pain was just awful. Now that lasted for probably about, I mean, as far as horrendous pain, I'd say the first week and a half. After that, it started to, like, to taper down to the point where it was bearable and I wasn't like living my life crying nonstop, passing out, throwing up. Um, that was That was pretty bad. I remember um, in between week one and two, I'd finally had to use the bathroom for the first time since surgery. I'd peed and all of that, but I hadn't, uh, hadn't passed bowels. So I remember it was a whole process. Um, my mom had to lift my leg up cause I, I, can't, I couldn't move my leg on my own. And she had to take me and bring me to the bathroom. Um, they had to pull my pants down for me, helped me sit down on the toilet and prop my leg up on a bucket because I couldn't bend my leg. It was immobilized. It was to this day, probably one of the most embarrassing times of my life. And it, it's really sad to say, but, um, I remember just the pain of passing that uh, bowel movement was awful and from that moment i knew that i was going to be in this for a long time um i had to take a shower eventually um i'd say the shower was a traumatic experience in itself much like the first time using the bathroom i remember getting into the bathroom um whenever i would stand for long periods of time i'd feel like i was gonna vomit like um I would get very lightheaded and dizzy, and it was really, really, really bad. So I had this medication where I'd put it under my tongue, and it would alleviate the nausea. So I remember sitting there swaying back and forth, and my mom put one of those under my tongue because I felt like I was going to throw up. And um, <clears throat> when I got in the shower, I had to face backwards to the shower head. Um, because I couldn't have the water directly on my knee because any contact it had would hurt. The air stung so badly. And I remember taking my clothes off. I couldn't even pull my pants off all the way because I just wasn't able to and it hurt so bad. I remember crying when my mom was uh, taking my pants off because the fabric was crossing across my knee and it caused me such immense pain and Honestly, it was a humiliating experience. I had never thought the day would come where my mom would be helping me um, 
completely naked, uh, sit down and hold me and sit down, get me in a chair, lift my leg up onto a bucket and turn on the water and uh, help me wash myself. I just remember crying. I cried so much, so loud. And it was, it was genuinely, it was awful. It was awful. I couldn't believe that I was in the position I was in. I was super depressed. I was humiliated. I was embarrassed. And I felt defeated. I felt like I just wanted it all to be over. And in reality, it wasn't even two weeks into my surgery. Also at this time, um, I couldn't lift my leg at all. I could not move my leg on its own. I could wiggle my toes, but that was about it. I remember the first goal of PT was in the first two weeks to do a straight leg raise uh, by myself unassisted. I remember sitting there for days. For, for the first two weeks, I would try to try to lift my leg, try to lift my leg. I would put all I had, all my effort, all my strength into lifting my leg, and it would not move. It would move maybe an inch and the pain was so severe, it was almost crippling. I watched, and my mom, she she cheered me on. My grandma cheered me on. My sister cheered me on, but they kept telling me I would get it, and my leg, it, it just wouldn't move. And I remember one night, I was playing a game to take my mind off the pain, and I could hear them in the other room. I could hear my mom crying. I hadn't, I had not, um heard her do that prior to this uh she was crying because she didn't know if i would be able to lift my leg again and it was a very um frightening experience for me knowing that my mom would encourage me but behind my back she was crying she was broken as much as i was broken because she didn't know if i'd be able to lift my leg i didn't know if i'd be able to but she couldn't show that in front of me but hearing her do that, um, it definitely lowered my hopes. It um, definitely hit me in a different light. Um, yeah, by the end of the second week, I had gotten my straight leg raise by myself unassisted um, with my brace and all my wrappings on um, it was hard it was really hard um, because it was a huge achievement but I just I couldn't believe it I was still in shock in disbelief and I, I wasn't happy with the progress because everyone can lift their leg I could lift my other leg with no problem and so knowing all the pain and the effort I had to get through just for this, I was definitely scared for the future going into the recovery. And it was probably the worst physical pain going through it um, in recovery at that time. And after that, we'll probably move into the um, week from the beginning of week three to, let's say, eight weeks Um because that's like another segment of the recovery, but the primary stage, worst physical pain, beginning to get the mental side of it, but not really. And um, yeah. 
starting at week three, um, I was going to PT two times a week. And during this time, I got my straight leg raised down. And mostly we were focusing on range of motion, which meant that we kept stretching my leg, which was not very good, by the way. It was kind of painful, but we stretched my leg going. I was doing my exercises three times a day, and slowly I was starting to see more progress. I went from crutches to one crutch to having my like my brace locked fully but with no crutches so you kind of peg leg around now this was a huge achievement for me because it was my first time since the injury like actually walking even though it wasn't really walking like i peg legged but um it was better than using crutches and i did that for a while becoming more active trying to walk around the house and things of this sort. During this time, I really start to saw, see some of the uh, mental side effects because I was progressing and that was good. But for me, it wasn't enough. I still couldn't play. I still couldn't work out. I still couldn't surf. I couldn't drive. So all of these things, they seemed like little steps to me that um, all in all just, it, I wasn't happy with the speed I was progressing, even though it was much faster than everyone anticipated. Um, on the eighth week, I went from having my brace locked to having my brace unlocked which meant that for the first time I could walk normal with my brace on, but I could walk normal. And it took a while, but I, um, over time through PT, lots of uh, cones, <laughs> cones and drills, I, I, I walked. And I remember at that point, I had kind of given myself into the notion that I was in this for the long haul and I started taking pride in the victories that I was getting. So walking for the first time, it was exhilarating. I had been waiting for this for two full months, two months of not walking normally. And I, I walked, I walked. And that same week I could drive. It was like a huge turning point for me because I was able to get out of the house more, and I could move more, and it was just overall, it was great. I was so exhilarated with the progress I was making. My range of motion was going super fast, um, although the mental side effects were there. I couldn't work out, so I I was very sad and uh, disappointed with what I saw in the mirror. And that's something I struggled with for a long time before my accident and even more so afterwards. I tried to keep myself distracted by watching lots of, you know, fitness influencer videos, uh, watching more podcasts and listening to them. And when I could walk normally, I tried to start slow, you know, walk to the end of the driveway, walk back, 
uh, walk to get the mail, walk back, walk to the stop sign at the end of the street, walk back, and slowly build up. Now, week 10 was something really special. At week 10, I was allowed to go back to the gym, which was, I remember going to the follow-up for uh, Dr. Kane, and I was talking to him. He was checking my knee, and he was said that it looked really good and that I, I mean, I couldn't work out my legs, but I could do stuff that I did at PT at the gym, and I could do all upper body workouts. And for the first time since my incident, I remember my mom and my sister were at softball, so they weren't home, and my grandma took me to my appointment. So when I came back from that appointment, I called my mom. And immediately she asked me what was different about today. I said, what do you mean? And she said, your voice, it's, it's different. Your demeanor is different. I said, mom, for the first time since the injury, I am happy. I am genuinely so grateful and happy. And she was, she said, she asked why. And I told her, I said, I can go back to the gym. I can work out. I can lift weights. I can do the bicycle for cardio. Um, I can do the stationary bike or the recumbent. And I can work out and do get out of the house, do what I one of the things that I love to do. And from that day on, I have been working out consistently, doing cardio consistently. I fixed my diet up. I began to start trying to sleep more. Um, it's really hard to balance all of this with schoolwork, which is one of the biggest struggles of this injury was balancing the injury with schoolwork. And it's difficult, but my teachers gave me a lot of grace. And with going into the gym, I was disappointed at first with my strength being down, my muscle size being down, but overall, I was still back, and I kept building, kept going. As the weeks went by, uh, two more weeks, I started to swim. I think a week ago was the first time I tried, and it was so weird at first, but I was almost crying with tears of happiness. I could swim. I was swimming in a pool. Not long after that, I went to the beach, not in the water, of course, but I walked on the sand. And let me tell you the feeling, I going going down that hill on onto the beach, I was scared for my life. I was so terrified. And as soon as I stepped foot in the sand, all the worries went away. I, it was pure unadulterated bliss. I was so happy with what I had done. I'd so I was so happy with the progress I had made. And that I'd say was probably along with the gym and being able to walk, they were huge joining points for me. And I started looking at the injury as an opportunity rather than a burden. It's it's an opportunity for me to show everybody what I've got. It's an opportunity for me to prove to myself that I am strong in more ways than anyone can imagine. I am worth it. 
I taught myself self-love and I know I'm worth it now before I didn't, but I know I'm worth putting in the effort. I know I'm worth fighting the fight. I know I'm worth another chance. And I've been given this second chance in the form of recovery and I will not waste it. There are people who cannot walk. I'm not one of them. I'm not bound to a wheelchair and I will be able to get back to doing the things I love if I put in the work. And now that I see that clearly, my image is not fogged by pain and doubt and sorrow. I'm ready. I, I've, I've been ready to accept. I have accepted that fact and I've been putting in the work because I know that in time it will be brighter. There's that light at the end of the tunnel and I finally see the end. I see the glimpse. And although that end may be months away, it may be a year away, I know that I can do it. I have confidence in myself. I'm going to take this time over the summer and into looking forward in my life to prioritize my recovery, to prioritize my relationships with my family, to prioritize my mental health because that is what matters. My physical health, because that is what matters. My social health, because that is what matters. I am finally realizing for the first time in my life that it's not all about everybody else. It's you can, you can worry about yourself and you can take care of yourself and you can put yourself first after your family, of course, because you're worth it. And I'm, I'm in such a better mental state and headspace now because I'm conquering. I've not conquered yet, but I am conquering and dealing with one of the most dramatic things to ever happen in my entire life. And I am doing it with a support system. I'm doing it on my own too. And both of those things together, I, I'm proud. I'm proud. And it's been a long recovery to get here. And that, that brings us up to the present. It was a hard fight. It's still a hard fight. It's going to be for a very long time. But I'm not in that dark place I used to be anymore. I'm in the light. I'm getting there. And slowly but surely, I'm going to come back better than anybody will ever expect. I'm going to come back a better man. A bigger man. A better athlete. I will be so hungry for the chance to prove that I am worth this second chance. To show everybody that I didn't lose the fight. I didn't stop fighting. I fought through and I made it. And that's that's all I need. In a few short minutes, we will be hearing from my mother, who was going to tell us a few things about the other perspectives of the injury from her view, from my family's view, and we'll get right into that after a short break during this intermission. You guys may do as you wish, and I will see you shortly. Welcome to the short intermission of this podcast. I know it's been a long episode. Please bear with us. During this time, we would just like to thank our sponsor, Mr. Natoli, and the AP English class for giving us a chance to record this podcast. And 
I just had a quick message from Mr. Natoli. So, Mr. Natoli, if you're listening to this and you've gotten this far, one, I appreciate you listening to the entire thing. Please let me know um, how you've enjoyed it. And second, I just want to thank you for not only being an amazing sponsor, but being an amazing teacher this year and helping me through a tough time when not a lot of people did. I want to thank you for being gracious with me. Thank you for being patient with me. And thank you for giving me a chance to show you what I've got and giving me a chance to prove myself to you and helping me grow both as a writer, as an, a student, and as a person. I would just like to extend my undying gratitude to you because I truly could never pay you back for what, for the value that you've added to my life. And if you do get to this, I I just want you to um, hear that message. And I just want you to know that I'm forever grateful. So thank you for being an amazing teacher. Thank you for being an amazing man. Thank you for being an amazing person because you've truly impacted my life. And I cannot thank you enough. And uh, without further ado, uh, we'll be taking a resuming from this intermission, and we'll be back with my mother. And we are back from our intermission. I'm here with mom. Mom, say hi. Hello. And I'm just going to be asking you a few questions regarding the injury, if you could just talk about it for a little bit, and then we're just trying to see your perspective outside of my own. So the first question I have is, how did you first react to my injury when you got the call to go to school? Um, I was pretty scared because Coach Colombo and I um, work together, so we have a pretty good relationship and friendship. Um, so I saw I had like two missed calls from his cell phone, and then I saw that Sussex Tech was calling my work phone. Um, I have to say I was really nervous because unless it was something really, really bad, you know, I would trust that he would take care of you until the, you know, the end of practice. So I was pretty nervous and worried. Okay. Uh, what were your initial thoughts when you saw me at the school? Um, I tried to stay very calm, but I was very scared because you were, you know, laying on the bed, um, and initially you looked at me and said, don't touch me, don't touch me, (laughs) don't move my leg, um, where your knee was, you know, bent up into like a 90 degree angle and, you know, could not be put down. Um, it was pretty scary because you had no control over it. And, you know, Coach Colombo had said that he had to pick you up and, you know, carry you off the field and then onto the, you know, golf cart to bring you inside. Yeah. Um, I think I was pretty calm because I tried to stay that way for you to keep you calm. But once we knew the ambulance was coming and they told you I couldn't ride with you, um, that's where I could see you really nervous and upset. So, of course, that was upsetting to me. All right. Um, now, as far as when Dr. Kane, after we saw him for the first time after the ER, he said that surgery was going to be necessary, which we didn't think at the beginning, and that's what we had hoped. So when you knew it was going to be a major surgery and it's very like experimental, what was going through your mind? think just the apprehension of what's the right decision uh when he had pulled the films up um i think that was uh, <clears throat> it was a uh, game changing once we saw the mri and we saw the 
uh, pictures of fractured cartilage, you know, floating in the side of your leg, which, you know, you and I could feel and we could see. Right. Um, you know, basically sticking out from the side of your leg. And then the, um, you know, just from the MRI, the damage that was done to it, um, that was, that was uh, pretty eye-opening. And I tried to stay as calm as possible just to keep reiterating to you it's going to be fine. You know, they know what they're doing. Um, but I won't lie to you. I called Dr. Kane on three separate occasions when you weren't with me so we could discuss it further um, as well as reach, you know, reaching out to family friend who was a sports doctor to get his opinion and a couple other opinions as well. Um, I think it was just, um, it was scary to know what you were going to have to go through. And uh, I was worried for you personally because you don't handle pain very well. Yeah. So, you know, you're, you know, thinking back, your worst pain you've ever felt was swimmer's ear. It was. And that was horrific for you. So I knew that this was totally, you know, a, a game-changing, life-altering um, surgery that was going to have to happen. Right, right. And speaking of pain, pain tolerance, uh, during the first two weeks, I had discussed previously that that was probably the worst of the physical pain from the surgery. So I just want to get like a perspective on what that was like during the first two weeks from the time like the pain blocker wore off. Like what was that experience like for you and like the family as opposed to just my view? Um, it was horrific, to be honest with you. Uh, feeling helpless, feeling um, out of control. There, as a mother, we thrive on ourselves on making things better or trying to comfort your child, trying to bring them some kind of ease. Um, I know for the first what, three nights, yeah. I stayed in bed with you. Yeah, for like, the first three nights. first three nights, uh, laid right next to you, um, rubbed your leg, tried to rub your arms, you know, tried to get you to sleep. Um, when I say it was extremely difficult, you would wake up, you were crying, just give me anything, put the pillow over my head and suffocate me, let me die. <laughs> um, we we kind of went through all of it, but um, I think the hardest part was just being able to keep you calm and not become upset in front of you because, you know, the more calm I could stay, the more calm we could be, um, the less worried you would be. At least that's what I was hoping for. But um, as far as the pain itself, um, around the clock, uh, we did oxycodone, we did ibuprofen, we did Tylenol. All of that was, uh, was into play and we had cell phone alarms going off nonstop just to try to get ahead of the pain so that you wouldn't feel that kind of discomfort. But um, even just moving it a little bit, that was that was the hardest thing because you just you felt everything. And yeah, and I told, I was talking earlier about how I couldn't use the bathroom by myself. I couldn't shower by myself. It was like really an experience, I think, like the first couple weeks especially. Uh. I think we found a whole new level of our relationship. Yeah, that's a that's a mother son <laughs> bond. Um, so the 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 thing about it is, parents don't think about that kind of stuff. But being a teenager or a young man, obviously. Oh, it was demoralizing. But I mean, totally TMI. Like already gone through puberty, all of that. But to try to, you know, I think it was it was really hard for you because you can see your leg. You had no control over it. You couldn't lift it. So trying to, you know, having your mom pick you up and carry you places 
or pick you up and get you in a position where you could be on your crutches, but you have to hold the leg too. Right, right. Sitting down on the toilet to hold your leg on a bucket to, okay, we have to move the bucket. I'm going to turn backwards. You have to wipe. I mean, total TMI, but um, I, I think that was, it was so hard for you. It was nothing to me because obviously I'm your parent, but you had to come to terms with, you know, that you had no other choice. And I think the hardest part was uh, the shower. By the end of your shower, we were both in the shower at the same time. <laughs> one of us fully clothed and the other one not. Um, but we got through it. And I think what you learned from that was, one, mom will always be here for you. And two, that when you need help, you need help. Yeah. There's nothing you can do about that. You had to come to terms with that. Yeah, it was hard to accept at first. But, I mean, we didn't really have any option after a while. Now, as far as my injury... Past the two-week mark and just, like, round-the-clock caring for me and stuff like that, how was that, like, taking a toll on you guys, like, mentally, socially? Would you say I was any different after the incident? Stuff like that. Just how are you and the family? Yeah. Okay, I'm just making sure because, you know, uh, let's see. Um, Josh is an even-keel kid, and he, uh, you know, you you were great. You, you would... We're independent, you do your thing, you guys, your set priorities and your non-priorities that you had to accomplish every day. And this definitely took a toll because, you know, you had gotten yourself in such great shape and thrived yourself on your diet and meal prepping. And now all of a sudden I became Rachel Ray making 30 minute meals. I do want to say that she did keep up really well with helping me with my food. It was the only thing I could do to, like, keep myself sane. So I do want to say thank you for that. That was awesome. Um, I know that uh, why I'm overweight because 180 grams of rice to a normal average person is not what the normal average person consumes <laughs> in one setting. But um, I learned a lot. I think it. I think what was, what was um, life-changing as far as how it affected the family was everything stopped. And everything paused, and um, it didn't. It didn't really matter to me because that's what parents do. But your sister, um, it took a huge toll on her because you know you were her go-to person. You could have fun with her. You could do things. Um, you would help walk our dog, who's you know two hundred and twenty pounds, and and a baby and stubborn and stubborn. Um, you know, just the day in and day outs when mom works. You know, one or two jobs at a time, and you pick up the slack to help me a lot here and there that all of that kind of came to a stop right and a halt and then just your moods change you know you 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 took a long time to accept what happened with your injury um i think outside of the horrific pain you had to get to that was nothing compared to the mental and emotional yeah i agree with you because pain could be dealt with and it could be dulled and it hurt, but it and you know it's temporary. Started to go away. Right. And every day it got a tiny bit better, not much, but a tiny bit better. But um, you did change a lot. You were, you know, you were mad at the world. You were mad at me. Um, you blamed everybody around you. Um, you know, you blamed God. You blamed everything, and then you know um, that changed you, and it changed you. You know, for for an extended period of time, where you you know you and I have had several conversations with, you have to come to terms with what happened to you. Right. You know, and you were living your life with, you were given a raw deal, 
and you know this was you it, it interfered how you talk to us it interfered how you interacted it interfered how you shut down and shut everybody out and we tried to come together and you know still make you feel like you're a really big part of things um i think that was you know one of the profounding changes was when i got to a wheelchair and you swore up and down i'm not getting in this wheelchair i'm not going anywhere yeah i did not want anything to do with the wheelchair that's for sure you did not and we argued and we fought um and i pulled up to your school and i pulled it out of the trunk and i said you have two choices either i pull you out and your leg drops and we break the other one on the way or get in the damn chair and we go out and see your team. Um, I knew at that point that was going to be my only way to kind of start to begin to pull you out of, you know, that, that really dark area you were in right. um, was to put you with your teammates, to put you back on the field, to let you know that, you know, yes, this is a horrific injury, but this is today. You know, look at what they're doing. This is what you have to fight to get back to. And I think once we did that, um, if you remember, when we were pulling away, you're like, you didn't do this for me. You said you didn't do this for you and, and my coach and my teammates. You did it for me. You know, you, you figured it out. Um, and then very slowly, after, after not about a month and a half, two months, you started to become a little more independent. And you were able to start, you know, with PT, lifting your leg, taking steps, moving along. And um, with that, you started to build your confidence back again and let some of that anger go. But it, it was definitely an uphill battle. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Uh, we have one more question for you. It's just like, as far as now, you know, the last couple weeks and even up till like current times, like, how are you currently feeling about just like the state we're in, where we've gotten in recovery, like what we have to do looking forward? Just like, what are you thinking currently about the injury? Um, I feel really positive. When we talked to Dr. Kane and originally it was, you know, we have to get to the six, eight week mark, um, maybe even up to 12 to find out did the surgery really tape or not. We might have to go back in and do it again. We both agreed that we would cut your leg off and get you a new fake one because that would be easier than going through this. All yeah, or the again. knee replacement, like, yeah. could not do this again. Neither, no way. Neither of us wanted to. No. Um, but I feel very positive. Um, Dr. Kane has definitely, you know, given us the thumbs up with you're in the process of healing. You're, you're, not, you're ahead of the game. Uh, I think your confidence is changing and your outlook now that you can be back in the gym and doing what you love, even in moderation, um, I'm positive to see the changes in you. Um, and you faced just not only a horrific injury in general, but a life-changing situation where you went from being at the top of your game, as independent as you possibly could be, to you had to rely on everyone, even to go to the bathroom, to wash yourself. Um, that totally changes one's perspective on life. Right. I think that that's definitely made you a little bit more humble. Um, it's let you, you know, realize at face value that you are not superhuman and things do happen. You know, bad things happen to good people, but that you found that strength inside of you to fight your way back. Schoolwork was tough. Um, trying to maintain friendships was tough dealing with you know, me and your sister and, you know, us having to run places and leave you at home for extended periods of time was tough. But um, 
I'm very proud of the accomplishments and you know your progress so far. And although you're nowhere near 100% yet, I don't doubt that um, I will see you out on the lacrosse field next spring, your senior year. Hopefully. Killing it as an attackman um, and leading your team to great, great success and wins. Well, uh, thank you. I do appreciate that. And I just want to thank you again for coming out on the podcast and helping share your perspective so that people can get a, more of a different view, third person perspective on the whole situation. Absolutely. You know, I love you. I'd do anything for you. Love you too. And as far as that, that'll be all for the podcast. I'm glad you guys joined us for this episode. Again, this was the final final episode of this year for AP English. It's been a ride, but I can happily say that I'm leaving it on a high and I hope that I'll be missed. I will see you guys in the next episode, I guess. Signing off.